With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. This week on Happy, Sad, Confused, Bella Thorne on being famous in love, and Anne Hathaway on a colossal career. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to my podcast. That's my singing voice for you, Sammy. Podcast. Podcast. I'm Josh. That's Sammy. We do the intro, and then we let the uh, famous people talk for a bit. That's and then the I way go we back do it. Into the basement. Into the hole. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy's hole. Where I'm locked. <laughs> you just missed Anne Hathaway. I like, moments. Know I was. Really stalking the outside of this. Were you? Yeah. And you then were I curious? Went, the second I went to the bathroom, she pops. It's like she waited. <laughs> she did. It's like she knew I wanted to do a Les Mis sing-along. Uh, oh, she. I think you might have Stop, been. Stop, don't. Okay, never mind. Sorry. I would. Oh, my God. We did talk a little Les Mis, by the way. I, I, if you didn't, you don't deserve your job. <laughs> well, that's that basically many, many have made that Oscar argument already. She won for it, so. Um, so, yes. Coming up later on in the show is Anne Hathaway starring in a great new film called Colossal. Uh, We'll talk about that in a bit, but it's a great conversation. She was delightful and uh, a lot to talk about in her amazing career. Uh, first up on the podcast will be Bella Thorne, uh, who uh, stopped by to chat about her new TV show. She's returning to TV in a show called Famous in Love uh, and uh, being like – also just – we had a, a very interesting conversation about her like amazing social media presence and sort of like – you know frankly, how that's part of her job and, and and how she's trying to remain authentic. And I mean, you know, Bella probably gets a lot of shit from people. She's 19 years old and she's, you know, like still kind of like figuring out what she's all about. I'm sure like any 19 year old, but um, she's always been cool with me and she, we've shot some really cool sketches over the years and um, she's, you know, she's growing up and it's really cool to, to watch somebody, um, you know, who's very talented be also as authentic and real and um, forthright about you know, some important issues come up in this conversation. She talks about, you know, dealing with depression and being, um, you know, she's been very open about uh, depression and sexuality and acne, whatever, any any issue that, that plagues a 19-year-old. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she's always very open about that online and on social media. And I think her audience really appreciates that. So did you guys discuss your mm -hmm. role in her New show? I, I mentioned it, yes. Did uh, she know what you were talking about? I'm not sure if she did or not. <laughs> um, Famous in Love is based on a book of the same name. Mm -hmm. And suffice it to say, the book uh, is is about a, a young actress who kind of becomes a sensation overnight when she's cast in this like big blockbuster series. And there are some kind of uh, analogous things to Twilight in the book. Um, and there's a character in the book that someone pointed this out to me a while back uh, named Josh Harwart. Josh Harwart. Who is an MTV correspondent. Mm -hmm. Who's real good with the, with the teens. Good with the, the teens and knows the actors very well and is described as being very chill. <laughs> so, so, so basically it's me. Based on the name, you'd think it's you, but based <laughs> on everything else. You don't think I'm else, chill? I'm not chill? Uh, no. Not yeah. after seeing you on a roller coaster in Orlando. Okay, okay. so we need to talk about that. Before mm -hmm. we, we toss to this Bella Thorne uh, conversation, uh, we had a blast. It was a special time. We went to Star Wars Celebration, guys. Um, mm -hmm. And as you, if you know me at all, you know that's a big deal for me. Uh, and if you know Sammy at all, you know that means nothing to her. Oh, it meant, I, it meant 
it means more to me now than it did before okay, I good. went. So Star Wars Celebration was basically Comic-Con just all about Star Wars. And we went, I went to a few panels and we did interviews. Mm-hmm. All the interviews are up on MTV's Facebook page, uh, interviews with Daisy Ridley and John Boyega. Daisy Ridley, part of the Happy Side Confused family, That's Daisy right. Ridley. That's the voice of Happy Side Confused. She, she comes to the studio every week. <laughs> she told me I'm her favorite podcaster. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it was great to see Daisy and John and Ryan Johnson, the director, and uh, Kathleen Kennedy. Mark uh, Hamill. Mark Hamill. <laughs> How did I forget Mark Hamill? Yeah. That was amazing. Literal Luke Skywalker. It was pretty cool. And they were, they were fun conversations. And then, as I said, they're all up on our Facebook page, MTV's Facebook page. So check those out. And, uh, yeah, we went to some amusement parks too in our downtime. Oh, my God. I wish that I could do, put a visual element into this podcast. Why Why do you say that? Because it's a picture of you on Space Mountain looking <laughs> like you're, you're – Going to the guillotine. What's it like? Um, well, here, okay. Here's what I would say. Just one thing. The first roller coaster we went on, <laughs> okay. I stipulate. I had one stipulation. I said, "I'll do whatever. I just don't want to do a loop. I don't want to go upside down." You said, "I, I don't want to do loops." You didn't mention if there was one you're, loop. You're, you're, you're being, you're <laughs> you revealing yourself that. to be the asshole that you are I'm right just now. Just saying. Everybody here knows it, and now what kind of person okay, you are? Also, we're at Disney World. Let's. Make it clear we're not in like you know what a crazy we're not Six Flags, <laughs> Six Flags known as a death trap. <laughs> yeah, where where people <laughs> die you know. every day. Yeah, no, this is well. Suffice it to say, about twenty seconds before I went on the coaster with Sammy next to me, she's like, "By the way." There might be a loop or two or whatever, and I started to freak the <laughs> fuck no. out. Oh no, are you serious? Oh no, and there was. And he, I thought you were doing a bit, honestly. <laughs> I thought you were doing a bit. I'm no. not, I can't go full volume because it'll right. blow out people's what ears. What was I saying? What was I doing? Oh my God. Oh God. Oh my God. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> Meanwhile, you were cackling. You were. I, I couldn't breathe. Ugh. I couldn't believe the noises you were making. Well, I thought, I thought you were doing a bit. That's going to really be the last did. noise that you hear before I die. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> it brought oh, me, boy. Yeah. oh god, oh god, oh god. It brought me so much joy. And then joy. he was decapitated on Space Mountain. Yeah, you act the thing is is that you had what? fun. You like the roller coasters. Well, it's I'm, the I, anticipation. In case you didn't know by now, I'm a massive contradictions. So what I'm saying is I I took away the anxiety for you. Oh, thanks. Because you didn't know oh. that what you were getting into and then you had fun. I did have fun. <laughs> okay. But it was also harrowing, and I probably have a like a, right. a heart attack building right now. Yeah, that's a, it. Takes a week after you've ridden the roller coasters. For... <laughs> I'm, not, I'm no scientist, yeah. <laughs> I'm no doctor, but I'm pretty sure it's going to kick at any moment now. All right. Um, okay. Well, that, that's enough about our our shenanigans in Orlando. As I said, let's, uh, listen and watch our uh, interviews with the cast of Star Wars: The Last Jedi on our Facebook page. And uh, but we, you know, we enough chit chat. We got a big show, yeah. Sam. We got to get to it. Yeah. Uh, Anne Hathaway coming up a little bit later on the show. But first up, uh, please enjoy this conversation with Bella Thorne. Bella. Bella Thorne. Uh, um, (laughs) Famous in Love is now uh, available. uh, All 10 episodes, I believe, are available on Freeform's uh, websites, etc. And of course, it airs on Freeform as well. Uh, Go check it out and enjoy this chat with Bella Thorne. Guys, it's Bella Thorne. What the fuck? What the fuck? Hi. <laughs> I mean, you should know by now because I just introduced Bella Thorne before I actually introduced Bella Thorne, so you really shouldn't be in shock. I don't know why you're in shock, Bella, because you you walked into a podcast studio. Um, in case you guys didn't know, my name is uh, Bella Thorne. 
I'm Josh. <laughs> nice to meet you guys. Uh, it's good to see you, buddy. Yeah, how is it? Things are fine. Things are good. Um, welcome to, this is the first time we've done the little podcast, actually. I know, this is cool. Usually we do stupid sketches. They're not stupid. Well, I mean, I bring the stupid. You bring the smart and, and thoughtful performance. You're so sweet. Aww. You sweet talker. Um, <laughs> but uh, we got to keep it classy today because you got a classy new show. Congratulations. Oh, right. Yeah, the show. The show yeah. <laughs> you didn't realize? <laughs> you, just, you were just coming by to say hi? Yeah, I thought we were just hanging out here. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> this just got weird. <laughs> um, I feel like every time I see you, it's like, what are you up to? You're like, well, I've got this uh, TV series. I've got three movies. I'm, I just wrapped. I have a book. I've got uh, music. Like, I literally just came from a movie. I figured. Like I literally, I literally did an overnight shoot till like five, six a.m. and then we went straight on the plane here. Insane. Which which movie was this? Um, it's called Break My Heart a Thousand Times. Okay. It's based off a famous book, and um, it's it's a ghost thriller type deal. Nice. Now, would you rather be at Coachella right now than talking to me here? Be honest. Honestly, me and Lo have had a little bit of Coachella FOMO, but we (laughs) have been having fun and I am very happy I'm here because we've been trying to name all the bad things about Coachella, like the dust storm and getting sick all the time and the the four mile walk traffic. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we just X'd out like the whole like yeah, there's nothing. What's, fun what, what, music. Yeah, what part. positive stuff is there really, honestly, <laughs> when we get right down to it, right? Yo, fuck Coachella. <laughs> <laughs> and um, wait, did you also rap? I wanted to ask you before we get into uh, Famous in Love, did you rap the Xavier Doan movie too? I'm really, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, done with that one. I'm excited about that one too. Oh, hey, thanks. I'm, ex- I'm excited too. All my scenes are with Jessica and she was so amazing to work with. Literally a fairy god princess. We I love, swear to God. We love she Jessica is. Chastain around she here. Is. She comes up pretty much in every Isn't podcast. She? She's the best. Isn't she though? Like she doesn't she have this like oozing fairy dust? She's just the coolest. Yeah. <laughs> um okay, so let's talk a little bit about this uh this show, which I saw the first episode. It's very it's very cool. It came from a book that was very successful. Um and obviously you have experience in television, needless to say. Were you looking for another series? Was it give me uh, a sense of how this one came around? Well, Famous in Love came around when I was 14. I read the book and I put a quote on the book. Right. On, well, I was actually on Shake It Up. And then I wrapped Shake It Up and we were doing movies. And me and my manager, Thor, were talking about getting into a TV show. And I gave him the book. He loved it too. And then we reached out to Marlene King because he has Ashley Benson on Pretty Little Liars. And so he knows her really well. She read it, loved it. So she made a script for it and everything. And then we we went over season arcs and then we sold it to nine different networks and we chose ABC Freeform. Nice. So what made this one exciting the first time you read it and what makes it still exciting these years later that's worth obviously devoting this much time to it? And I mean, it's pretty exciting no matter what. It's cool in the way that I get to do something that is showing what Hollywood is very much like. You know, everybody has this idolized glitzy idea of Hollywood and it, and it can be very glitzy sure. but at the same time it can also be very fucked up and dark and you know it definitely ha- has its downfalls which we don't really get into so much of the pilot but towards the end of the season we have it get pretty uh, gets pretty dark on uh, yeah it gets pretty dark it's fun <laughs> and, and this character uh, unlike you I mean is, is a character that kind of just had a like a flush of success like she she just you know overnight mm-hmm. almost she becomes mm-hmm. like uh, a phenomenon thanks to this big franchise this big film that she gets involved mm-hmm. in are you you know in retrospect i mean you know 
were dealt the hand we were dealt with in terms of how we you know accomplish things in life. Are you kind of happy with kind of like your own trajectory? Would you have almost rather had it kind of like happen overnight as opposed to kind of sustained ups and downs, et cetera, over the years? I mean, I think it almost never happens overnight. Right. It's very rare that it does. Um, but like Zendaya, that was her first thing, Shake It Up. Yeah. And that was that was basically overnight. So it does happen, and it, but it is very rare. Um, and I'm happy to have had the upbringing in Hollywood that I've had because I think whereas Paige is really shocked by it all and everything's like, oh, my God, this is so much. Like, how do I deal with this? Da, 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 da. For me, it's just very normal and right. it's not that big of a deal. And I know how to control it pretty well just because I've just literally grown up in it. Yeah. And it's very it's very much normal. It's It's actually not normal for me to find no photos of me online every day that right. are new. Like, that is very unnormal. If I go in my tag photos and I don't see any rando paparazzi shots of my acne like, and, like, me walking about <laughs> my house, then I'm like, whoa, guys, what happened what, today? Uh, like, are we at war? Wow, What's going on? what is going on? Like, oh, no, is something really big about to break tomorrow? Right. Like, oh, goodness. <laughs> so, I mean, do you, do you – and does part of you kind of crave that or is it kind of just, like, because it's so normal, like, you, you're like, I'm – you know, it kind of keeps you going, being a part of the pop culture conversation and being... It is, like any part of Hollywood, it definitely is up and down. Like, if you look f fucking fabulous and you're walking out of your house and you're like, yes, yeah, somebody please get a photo of me because this <laughs> outfit is serving it today. And then there are Don't the other this, times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't waste this. Like, somebody get a photo of it. <laughs> and and then there are the other times where, like, I... I I'm almost never wear makeup unless I'm doing shit like this. Yeah. And so then there's the other times where my acne's showing and, like, I really want to go out of the house wearing Uggs and, right. like, a shirt. And I can't. Or sometimes I do and then I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> well, there's that photo. Yeah, that's me, guys. And, and in terms of, like, you know, your relationship, which we've talked about, you've talked about with many people about your relationship with social media, which is, like, again, it's – in a weird way, it's, it's part of the job of being an actor mm -hmm. nowadays and particularly someone your age. It would be weird if you didn't, yeah, you know, it would access be weird. it. And my sense is it's not – maybe it is part of it. Is it a job for you? But, oh, it, yeah. but it, it is? Would you say oh, that? Oh, yeah. It's such a job. It's actually, like, I bought a house this year. And I started out like 18 with literally not a cent to my name, like literally. Actually, though, $200 in my bank account when I turned 18. What? Nothing else. Yeah. And I bought a house this year from social media work, only from social media work. So my social media to me is how I pay my bills. Yeah. Like you – it's true what they say in acting that like when you do movies and stuff, they don't really pay, you yeah. know, like they do, of course. But, you know, they they don't in a sense of you have a lawyer and a manager and an agent and a publicist and three other lawyers yeah. and this person and that person. And everybody takes a cut and then you have taxes and everything else. So and especially then if you're filming out of like out of the country, then you're getting those taxes and your taxes, too. So you're literally ending up with not even a fraction of what you had when you signed the contract. So for me, yeah, social media is how so, I make everything. So your Instagram post, if like you would, you know, I'm drinking vitamin water, whatever, that's what actually pays the bills as opposed yeah. to like yeah, doing exactly. a month on a film. Yeah, 100%. 
Yeah, 100%. It's actually very shocking to me. Like when I meet people that hate social media that are in the business that are my age or around my age and they're like, oh, no, I just hate it. Like I won't do anything. And I'm just like, dude, you are so kind of ungrateful. Like to me, social media has its good and it's bad, of course, like everything does. But for the most part, if you're using your social media for good, that shit is the bomb. Well, And it's enabling you to to pursue the art you want to pursue. Yeah, and it's so cool. Like, you get to talk to people every day that that are going through the same shit that you are yeah. or different problems than you are. And, you know, you get to express your feelings towards them. And, like, that to somebody halfway across the world that you would never, ever get to talk to or meet in general. But you do because yeah. of social media. That is that's amazing. And does the does the good by uh you know mostly uh, outweigh the bad in terms yeah. of I mean, you're 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 obviously very open online and you've been like and it's and it probably connects you with a lot of people when you talk about depression or sexuality mm-hmm. or whatever and that's great. But um you know we I mean in my small little bubble I see the haters. I can only imagine mm-hmm. what you go through every day. Yeah, it's so many <laughs> haters. <laughs> it is. But then it's like then it's mostly people that just want uh, me to reply or they just want me to block them. Like right. the amount. They're just getting a, a one Yeah, they yeah. just want something. Yeah. And so they think that hate is what is going to get them there. But you can only drive out hate with love. You can't drive out hate with hate. So yeah. I always, I try to keep it really positive. But some people say some shit. Yeah, <laughs> just gets just right like, under the skin. I have to reply because either one, this is a really funny diss. And like, I actually appreciate <laughs> you. You like, you really went out of your way for this one. Or other times I'm just like, are you ignorant? Like, yeah. Are you, are you literally a dumbass? Like yeah. I don't even know how you could say something so ignorant and crude, and how you could post it online for everybody else to see and everybody else to get on. Like the kind of person that that makes you to want everybody else to just hate. I don't care who it is. You want other people to come with you in your little army and just like beat down on somebody. You are a disgusting person. You are disgusting. I mean, at the same time, when you, you know, when you put yourself out there like that, it takes a really strong person like to actually, Thanks. I mean, it's one thing to, to, to talk about like, yeah, I can let it, you know, roll off my back and I'll, and I'll, and I'll answer it with love. And I'm sure you do 99% of the times, but you're a human being yeah. and it's got to get to you at a certain point. And like, have you ever you know, been tempted to just literally delete Twitter, delete Instagram and just go off the grid? Or is it just so um, you can handle it? It's I've just not- never been on that side where like it's just so much that it's I can't. But I've been on the side where it's so much that I can't go on my Twitter Yeah, because it's so annoying. Luckily, on Instagram, I can choose not to see what people are commenting. I just don't go on my comments. Right. It's that easy. But on Twitter... It isn't that easy because to see the good, you have to see the bad. And, you know, sometimes there's only been one point where I was just like, wow, like this fucking sucks. Like this feels bad. Like it really it's it gets to me like it 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 is actually hurting me mentally. And, you know, that time has passed or whatever. But it's only happened once. And I really wanted to put the snake emoji on my um, on my Instagram bio. Mm-hmm. So that would be really funny. But me and Lo thought of that idea way after the incident. So we were like, damn it. No, we <laughs> should have you know done for that. Next time. Yeah. <laughs> so what, when it, when is the, uh, you know, is there a limit on like at this point what you will post about? Again, t- talking about sort of the kind of personal no. stuff that you frankly are pretty, pretty open cool with. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the, the 
Okay. Is there anything you've regretted How saying? How it got so real is because I had Snapchat. I had a personal and private Snapchat. And then Snapchat was like, yo, if you don't make a public one, we're about to delete your shit. So mm-hmm. that's that. <laughs> and so I had to make a public one. And then I got on my public. Then I started only using my public. Now I don't have a private. And if I'm posting to my friends... Well, I'm not going to be different to my friends than I am going to be to the rest of the world. Right. So it just got so real on my Snapchat that now it's just become real everywhere <laughs> on every social platform for me, right. which is uh, which is totally chill. You know, it's totally fine. What was your question again? No, I think you got to it. <laughs> I guess I was asking if there's anything you've regretted oh, posting. That oh, kind of right, right, right. Anything that I don't – that I, like, keep from not posting. Yeah. Um, no – no, it's usually <laughs> it's usually other people that I'm with that sure. are like, hey, no, they're not no, living no. that life. Yeah, 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 this is not me. And like I've had somebody that I almost started dating that was like, yo, no, I don't like the whole social media thing. And I literally was like, you should just hang up right now. Like we should get off FaceTime. Right, and he was like, why? And I was like, because this is never going to work. Like <laughs> I am super out there. I'm super honest. And like as soon as I walk out of my house. Boom, paparazzi. We're not going to never leave my house because we can't get, like, a photo and we're trying to keep things on the DL. Like, I'm not a DL. I'm, like, way (laughs) high key. And if you don't want to be high key, then just don't even talk to me. Just literally don't text me. Don't call me. Don't Snapchat me. Like, literally don't talk to me because somebody's going to find out somewhere in the world. And then you're going to go cry about it. And I'm just not dealing with those tears. This is Happy Sad Confused. We'll be right back after this. The Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xE. It's electrified. Boogie, boogie, boogie. So you can boogie, woogie, woogie into the forest. Boogie. Boogie, woogie, woogie through the mud. Or boogie, woogie, woogie to work, where you boogie, woogie, woogie down the hall to your boss's office to tell him you quit. Then you boogie, woogie, woogie to the elevator as he boogie, woogie, woogies after you, begging, please, take me with you. The electrified Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xE. Learn more at Jeep.com. Jeep is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. And, and what about the fact that does the social media stuff and just living the life you lead affect the work in terms of um, what do you, do you feel like there are any ramifications in terms of like a producer or director that does or doesn't want to work with you based on that side of your life? No, I've only ever had good come in the acting industry from my socials. For the most part in acting, it's so much about being real, being authentic, wearing no makeup, right. being as real as you can that when directors see me as a public image, well, they think one thing, but then they actually follow me on Snapchat. And then they see me every day and how really it is just me. And then right. they're like, holy shit, like, I just don't know another actress that's your age that is so real and open. Yeah. Or they see my tweets about depression or they see this and they're like, wow, you're actually helping people? That is so cool. Like, yeah. good for you. You're putting yourself out there in an uncomfortable position to help other few people feel more comfortable. Sure. But you have to make yourself feel uncomfortable for to do that first. And so mostly I, I haven't ever had a director. It's only like what people say in the business. One time I like got this film and before I had the film, the director was like, yeah, you know, I've heard some stuff about you, obviously. And I was like, oh, 
what have you heard? And he was like, <laughs> Go on. Oh, you know, just the usual. And I was like, No, please tell me. <laughs> and I didn't want to seem too eager to know. And he was like, Oh, just about what people say about every young girl. And I was like, Which is? And he was like, You know, just that you're a little crazy. And I was like, Let me stop you right there. And I looked him dead in the eye and I was like, I am crazy. And he was like, You think you oh. know crazy? You don't know crazy. Yeah, exactly. And he was like, Oh, wow. Okay. And then he's like, But like, I meet you and I talk to you and I see you. And like, yeah, you are crazy. You're just, you're crazy authentic. Like, you're crazy in a cool way. Yeah. But, and I was like, Look. People want to think I'm crazy because I got the colored hair and I got a I got a nose piercing and I get tattoos when I want to. But it's really just me just chilling, me being me. You guys want to say I'm crazy? Go ahead because I am. <laughs> I think the first time – I was thinking back when I knew you were coming in like the first time we met. And I think it might have been for Blended, frankly. It was like three or four years ago, yeah. right? And we did some fun shoots with you and, and Drew and Adam, which was a blast. And I, I just – I was thinking back and and – you know, I, had, I knew of your work. I mean, obviously, it wasn't like the demo that was seeing your stuff mm-hmm. at that time. But I remember being really struck by just like your personality, your authentic personality, oh, and just like your work it. ethic. No, I'm serious. Like, no, I'm just saying that like it was something that were. I remember after we did that shoot that day, I was like, I, I, I was not surprised that, to suffice it to say that we ended up doing a lot of stuff together over the next few years. That was fun. And I guess I'm curious, like where you where, where I found you at, like when you were doing Blended. Had the show ended by then? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, like, the show had ended. And were you feeling like – were there bumps in the road in terms of like trying to figure your career out post oh, yeah. the show? Oh, yeah. So many. It was actually it was really hard to get a job after the show, to be completely honest. People didn't want to read me. They didn't want to see me because they were like, she's a Disney actress. Right. And I was on HBO before that. I'd only done drama. And so for me, it was like literally starting back at the bottom. Yeah. And working my way up all the way again. And I had one casting director that was like, she really did not want to read me. And she had she had hired me on two projects before, Shake It Up. And we were like, whoa, what the hell? Like, I don't understand. I was like, just tell her that I will literally send in a tape. I will I will go in. I'll do anything. Just have her see my, my shit. Yeah. And so she ended up reading me. And in the audition, she's like, after I'm done, she's like, I just want to apologize. I'm really sorry. Like, I really, really misjudged you. I'm never going to do that again. And I had that happen to me quite a few times. And it took a while for people to... It still still has that effect on people. Like, it doesn't matter that I literally have nine movies that I haven't shot yet. Like, it it, it doesn't matter that I have There's something particularly about Disney that that really sticks. It irks people. And it it stuck with everybody. I mean, it stuck with everyone from Timberlake to Gaza all the way up to you. I mean, it's just one of those things. That was just one of the phases. Like, and do you think that I wanted to be a Disney girl? Right. Like, did you think it was a job. that I wanted to do that? Like, we literally were about to live actually, like, physically on the street, li- literally on the street if I didn't have that role. Like, yeah. we were living off of Stouffer coupons that we got from an event, and that's all we had to eat every day. Yeah. And, like— that may not sound like a big deal to everybody, but when you're a single mom raising four kids with debt and you have literally nothing to your name, yeah, it's it's fucking shitty. Yeah. And I didn't want to audition for Shake It Up. I literally said in my audition, I was like, I don't sing 
I don't dance. I'm basically tone deaf, and I'm not funny. So I don't know why I'm here. And everybody just started laughing, all the execs. They all thought it was a joke. And then I was like, no, seriously. And then they just started laughing more, and they just thought that I was so real and authentic. (laughs) And then they wanted to change me. And now I'm back to being me again. (laughs) And is is that where you think, like, the work ethic comes from nowadays, like, in terms of, like, why you're, like, literally always going from project to project and, like, juggling a thousand things because it's – it might all go away if I don't keep working or something Um, or – I think that part of the reason why I keep myself so busy is I don't like being alone. Mm -hmm. I don't like leaving myself with my mental thoughts right? because that is scary. And it is a part of life that you do have to grow up and get over and and everything else. And it's healthy to do that, but it, it is hard to do it. And so for me, I'm just so used to working two movies at once and doing the show and doing a movie. It's a healthier headspace for you to be in when your mind is active with a few things. Yeah, with with everything. And, like, even if I'm not working on something, which never happens, I'm writing my show. Like, I'm literally writing a screenplay or Mm. I'm, like, you know, going to be directing something soon or I'm I'm doing this or I'm doing that. I'm literally – Always doing. She's typing more than right now thing. as she's talking. <laughs> Guys, I'm I thought literally it was writing my show rude, right now. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything that you're not getting offered right now that you wish would come your way in terms uh, of a type of role? Yeah, of course. Like, you know, you always want bigger and better. What I really want to do is a dope action hero character. You know, think like Tomb Raider type deal, Laura Croft. Like, right. You want to kick a little ass. You yeah. Wanna... And I'm pretty damn good at it. And <laughs> and when I do, I'm, I do all my own stunts, which fucks me up because, like, I almost cracked my ribs on this movie. And, like, I just got, I, like, hit my head really hard. And, like, I got all these fucking bruises all <laughs> over my body. And, like, it, it's just, it hurts. <laughs> but I'm really, I'm really good at, like I do a lot of boxing right. and I'm a very physical person and mm. because of my background in dance I'm pretty good at faking things and making things look realistic in my body so it's it is it's fairly easy and you know I got some I got some anger in there that I'm that I'm ready to <laughs> like, use it for good yeah man. yeah exactly <laughs> like, <laughs> channel it like kicking a bunch of ass so have you has, do you ever do you often go out for things you don't get that 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 bothers you like are you their role what's the last time that you don't have to name the specific thing but like something that i didn't get yeah. um, does that still happen or like you're going there was something? one huge movie that i really 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 did you want wanted it i can't tell did you really? with robert rodriguez and oh. um and james cameron oh, so and like i know what it is. i yeah, tested yeah, yeah. Yeah. and i tested and i tested and like i hung out with Robert. We are still on a texting basis and he is so amazing to work with. And I remember like after I tested and everything, we just grabbed coffee. I was like, look, even if I don't get this role, cause I have a feeling I'm not going to. And he's just like looking at me like, <laughs> yeah, you're not going to get it. And I was like, I just want to like I want to assist you because I want to study directing yeah. and you are so no, he's fascinating. talented. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's is so fascinating. Like between his takes, how he has people stay in character. Yeah. So he has them paint. And like I love 
painting. Painting is a huge his, thing. He does a cooking school and all his DVDs. Yeah, yeah, he, he does like cooking does a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he does that. And in his other time, he's having people paint their character. That's awesome. And like then after the movie's done, he paints it as well. Like yeah. he paints the character on top of the character. It's just so such an interesting way of learning and I just felt very connected to the character and that was the only movie that I like was like just dying to have but it's always the ones that you're dying to have that you just don't get right, right. and you're like oh <laughs> It'll come around. It'll come around. Okay, so let's bring it full circle to, to this one. So you shot the, all ten episodes. I think are going to be they're, bingeable. They're they're ready. Mm-hmm. They're ready for the just public. Watch them. Anybody want to watch them? You can. <laughs> if you don't want to watch it, just turn your TV on. Give us viewers, please. <laughs> um, do you know? Wait, did you know this? Have we discussed this? That in the book that this is based on, there's a character named Josh Harwart who is an MTV correspondent. <laughs> Do you remember this from the book? You probably don't, but <laughs> I kind of do. Yeah, he's described as being super chill <laughs> <laughs> and just like friendly with the actors. Because th- th- is correct me if I'm wrong. Is this loosely? Is there some Twilight inspiration in this book at all in terms of the the love triangle aspect or no? Um, it is, and especially in the Locked series, which is like the the movie inside the series. Right. Exactly. In the Locked, yes, there definitely is that. And and it also is in the way that, like, when I describe it, I'm like, my character gets casted in a Twilight saga, basically, right. where it's, like, it's of fame of of Twilight. Oh, that, like, yeah, it's yeah. that big of a series. That yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that fandom. And, uh, yeah, it does kind of have a little bit of a... Of a Twilight feel in that sense. And yes, I guess with the love triangle, it does, yeah. Right, right. All I'm saying is when you go to season two, as you know, I, I act, Bella. I've acted with you many times. And I feel like, gonna be like if you cast somebody else as Josh Harwart, I'm going to be a little bit annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will make sure. I will call Marlene and be like, you know, you got to put Josh. It's, his name is basically there. It's there. I, we're but halfway there. the problem there. is is that you're going to have to end up playing a character who's going to fuck over somebody because that's every single character. Right. In the series, has a downside. That's and fine. So I'm ready to go dark. I've, okay. I've, I've, enough of this nice guy Josh shit. As long as you're I can okay be mean. being mean. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You've being only mean seen is the good side. Than it looks. You feel right. genuinely bad. Um, <laughs> you're like, wow, I, I feel terrible. No, now. my soul is dead. I can't, I can't feel nothing <laughs> anymore, Bella. Dead. It's okay. Um, uh, and what are you off to do next? The show is obviously all done. If all ten are ready for the world, what, what's the next gig? I you're yawning, so you're going. You're going to take a nap. <laughs> I have to finish this movie. Um, the one you did the night shoot on. Mm-hmm. Break my heart. I have a song coming out. I have more music coming out. And after I do my press today, then I'm going to go do a photo shoot for the cover of the song. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I think you'll like it. It's, it's actually a good song. Um, you sound and, surprised. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm always genuinely surprised when things – I'm always like a glass half empty. Right. So when things come out, actually pretty good and then I'm like hey, oh wait, wow wait a second. Like, huh. is this you know is this actually good and then I like ask Lo and Lo's like this is actually a banger like uh, <laughs> let's play it again like nice. I want to jam out to it it's got a little bit of a chain smokers vibe to mm-hmm. it I would say um, so that's fun and then I have more music coming out um, I'm writing a, a series which is not Famous in Love I'm writing something else I'm about to direct a short um, called Turn Him that I wrote that I'll also be in, starring in, I guess. Um, and then I'm about, when I go home, I shoot mm, like 
four more movies and then I go back into my show and then once I end the show probably in October then I'll do three more movies to finish off stop, the year just stop and it, just then stop I'll it. start again. Now, okay, this is I fell into the trap again that I said <laughs> at the beginning of the interview which is whenever I ask you what's coming up I feel so tired and old. <laughs> well, um Congratulations on the new show and the 15 other projects you're working on while this interview is going on. Um, we'll talk again soon. We'll do something stupid. Not stupid. Smart and intelligent and cool. Uh, hell yeah. Right? Smart, intelligent, cool, and fun. That's the most important. You, you can't go. forget fun. Words of wisdom from Bella Thorne. It's good to see you, buddy. Good to see you, too. Everybody, please watch Famous watch and Love. Watch the damn show. Please. What's, what else are you doing with your lives? Just, get, just watch it. If you're not going to watch it, just leave your TV on, please. <laughs> 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 and with, That's the least they can do for me. <laughs> she's putting herself out there for you. What more do you want? Uh, thanks, Bill. Oh, thank you. Once again, that was Bella Thorne. You can catch all of Famous in Love on Freeform, their website, their social media apparatus, whatever you can find media, you will find. <laughs> their social media apparatus. <laughs> that's, that's how a 97-year-old man describes. <laughs> social media. Uh, next on the up, snapbook. <laughs> next up on the MySpace. Next up on the podcast this week, uh, someone I've wanted to have on for a long while, uh, the great Anne Hathaway. So great. She, uh, Oscar winner, Oscar host, uh, brilliant uh, performer in so many great films from The Princess Diaries all the way through Brokeback Mountain and uh, Dark Knight Rises and now in a new film called Colossal, which uh, you guys need to see. It's uh, a bizarre but great film. Um, I don't want, I, In the conversation, we purposely don't talk much about the plot because this is one of those movies you shouldn't know too much going in. But here's what you need to know. It's Anne Hathaway. It's Jason Sudeikis. It, uh, Anne Hathaway kind of plays a, a bit of a a mess of of a young woman who's you know maybe al- has some alcohol issues, uh, some relationship issues, um, and she finds that there is an odd kind of connection between her and a giant lizard monster Ooh. in Korea. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. know it's Makes crazy, sense. but it's it's filled with uh, it's kind of defies genre. It's it's a bit of drama, it's a bit, bit of comedy, certainly some sci-fi elements, but it's it, it is wholly unique, and I, I, I definitely recommend it. It's um it's a special little movie, uh, and Anne is very passionate about it. Um, hence her visit to Happy Sad Confused this week. Um, and yeah, this is a great conversation. She's she's um. She's very honest and, and and open about sort of the ups and downs of her career and sort of like the the annoying kind of shit she's been through in terms of her image, in terms of people kind of giving her hell and kind of coming out uh, uh, the other side of it and figuring out how to sort of like lead a healthier lifestyle in terms of not letting that kind of stuff bother her. Uh, she's in a good place. She's now a mom. We're so happy for her there. And uh, and yeah, and we, and we recount the amazing story as told on previous Happy Second Fuse of um, Anne Hathaway witnessing me being heckled by a crazy man on the streets yes, of New York. So a that, classic. That's, that's relived in, in startling detail from all perspectives. Now we just need the crazy guy to be on to tell that story. I feel like you can get him. You I can probably so. book him. <laughs> He's available. Um, and yes, uh, Sam, we talk about Les Mis, of course, oh, and musicals. She really wants to do a musical. I really want her to. Because <laughs> she she's got the chops. She definitely You know how chops. I feel about people doing musicals who don't have the chops. You're not going to name any names. I'm not. But you've denigrated but some great I have, actors. I'm saying she's got the chops. She, I'll allow it. She, I'll she, allow it. You, again, you should talk to her because she's trying. Well, you should have okay, not just hidden let me, me. Let me finish my <laughs> sentence. I'm just saying she's trying to figure out what musical to do. She doesn't have one in mind. Oh. Do you have one in mind for her? 
That's like she like she's she was saying a lot of the parts, frankly, aren't age appropriate for her anymore, et cetera. So she's trying to find that right. She one. would be a really good yeah. uh, Fontaine in Les Mis. <laughs> You're fired. Your career counselor. No, I need a minute to think about. Okay. I'll get it on the next okay. intro. Okay, fair enough. Uh, enjoy this conversation with Anne Hathaway. As I said, check out uh, Colossal in theaters and. Uh, and we'll see you guys on the other side next week. A lot of good guests coming up. I'm not going to say it. I don't want to jinx them. Don't jinx it. But, but we're, it's we're kind of crazy. Doing, we're, we're doing pretty well, guys. <laughs> you guys should listen again. Yeah. <laughs> subscribe, rate, subscribe, yeah. rate, subscribe, right, and rate. Do, it's too much. I always forget to tell people to do that, though. Well, you just said it four times. Okay. So tell your friends. Yeah. Spread the good word of Happy Sand Confused. And uh, here's Anne Hathaway. Or Annie, if you prefer. I do. Okay. Annie. Here's Annie. Anne Hathaway has nailed mic technique here in the podcast what studio at MTV. Say? She's kind of the best at it, guys. Got those skills. Um, it's good to see you, Anne. Very nice to see you. Uh, the movie is colossal. Uh, I love this movie. I think you know that. We talked briefly uh, at Toronto when it debuted. Um, we're gonna we're gonna talk a bit about the movie. We're gonna talk about some other things. We're gonna uh, convey the massive love that there is for this movie for film geeks like myself. Um, but you've got kind of like you've got the cool movie in theaters now. <laughs> One of them, certainly. But because, you know, you I mean, often you have a cool movie, but it's like kind of like the, you know, the mass appeal kind of like, you know, it's the marquee movie. And you've got kind of like the little movie that could that's a little bit off the beaten path. Mm-hmm. It's 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 and I mean that in, in a nice in a I, good I, way. I take it all, all love. Good, good. Um, but that's got to be refreshing and exciting that you're promoting a different kind of a movie. It's it your career. Yeah, it, it, it is. It's nice to get to speak to people such as yourself whose lives revolve around films and to hear that you surprised them and to hear that they didn't see it coming, that they were refreshed and delighted and all the lovely adjectives that people have been using. That has been wonderful because um, I feel all those things about the movie too. And um, it's funny, my makeup artist today reminded me that we had worked on a shoot together just before I read the script where I was wondering if I should stop acting. Because I wasn't sure if I was going to have access to the sort of stories that I wanted to tell at that moment. And I just, you know, was curious, looking at the balance of what it costs to sell a film and and putting yourself out there versus the quality of the stories that I was reading. Right. And I wasn't sure that it was going to continue to be worth it. And then this one came along. So what kind of – okay, let's revel in the sadness first before we get, get to the happy stuff. Like what kind of – like what were the, the kind of material you were getting that was bumming you out? I mean you're, you're – you know, you're pretty much – at the top of the heap, if not close thanks. to the top of the heap in terms of the material you would get, I would. Well, and if you're you. not getting good material, that's a little bit alarming. Thank you. But, you know, peaks and valleys in everybody's career, yeah. and I think that you could describe that moment as a little bit of a, of a valley. It was, um, by the way, I just have to say, I, I, I'm aware that I'm raising the ends of all my sentences. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing that. It's been a long day, so excuse me if you're listening to this and that's annoying. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I beg your pardon. So, just the nice girl. Yeah. Just the nice girl. I was getting the nice girl a lot. And there's nothing wrong with the nice girl. I try to be nice, you know, as much as I can in my life. But uh, That's not necessarily I, I interesting wanted, as an actor. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't know. Like, I didn't want to – I didn't want to become someone's girlfriend or wife. I didn't want to be the harried mother. I love that Amy Schumer joke about, you know, like – you know how all of a sudden women get portrayed about hating sex um, when they're when they're married and they're like, you know, I hate your dick, laundry, laundry. <laughs> you know, so you saw a couple of those. I, I love her. I love her show so much, um, and I love Trainwreck too. Um, so you know, I, I read those 
and I was starting to see stuff like that. And yeah. it was just, it was, it was, I was getting a little bummed by the prospect that it could all be leading there as it, as it has for, I've got to say, a lot of really talented ladies. Yeah. But it hasn't. So I'm, really, <laughs> I'm grateful. I'm really, really grateful. It's, um, I'm heading towards a peak again. So, and I know you kind of like put out the, the, the call to your folks, like find me something a little bit different. Tr- yeah. Try and find me something a little bit odd or, or quirky or whatever the adjective you assign uh, to it is. So when, when this comes to you, do they tell you things about the script before you dive into page one? Like how surprised were you as you kind of started to access the material? Uh, well, you, dep- you get the log a, line, you get something. So little was known about this project. So little was known about this filmmaker. I think he had just been signed to CAA, which is the agency I'm with. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't, I don't think, no, and my team, uh, I think one person had read it. And so they, and they didn't want to tip the, the balance. So we all read it at the same time, which is a very unique position. Normally you've, you're the last one to read everything. It's right. been like sort of vetted and usually people have moved the ball down the field without you knowing it. And uh, so we all read it blind at the same time. There came that moment where, you know, on Monday we got on the phone. It was like, what do you think? And I've learned that I shouldn't be the first person to say what I think. I should let everybody go first. Right. And Well, why is that? Um, because everybody will yes you or no you. I, or... I honestly don't think at this point uh, the people I work with. I think I think we have enough comfort with each other and sure. respect, and we've been through enough that they wouldn't do that to me. But in general, it's just a it wise. Can I think yeah, it's yeah. a wise rule in life mm-hmm. um, to to do it if if you're the person who has to do the thing right. and make the final decision and. Uh, and you have people who potentially want to make you happy, the best thing to do is not say your opinion first. Totally. <laughs> so, um, and it was just that thing where, you know, waiting for the ice to break and then the bravest one goes, well, I liked it. <laughs> and you're hoping for that. You're like, internally, you're like. For that. I and I was it's... happy to hear it because I finished it and I turned to my husband and I just went, I, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's so, you know, it's. It wasn't a, an intellectual decision. It wasn't like, oh, this could be good for my career, or this would be right. a good strategic move. It was just, no. There, I. Ju- it's not a brain decision. It's a gut and a heart decision. I just love this movie. It delighted me. It made me laugh. Can this guy pull it off? And then I checked out Nacho's uh, short films, and I knew I saw what he did with no money, whatever, and the wit that he had, and the humor he had, and um, and 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 and. and it was even better, and I just knew that he was going to do it. I just had total faith in him. So are, are there still lessons to be learned at, at this stage of your career in terms of, like, the decision-making process based on something like this? Like, what do you take away, again, going with your gut maybe as opposed to – I mean, again, you're, you're, you're at a rarefied air in your career. So sure. you don't necessarily – I mean, I guess everybody has to worry about, like, what does this mean for my career? But maybe hopefully you less so, and you can operate on more of a gut, instinctual love mm. uh, basis than a what's this going to mean for my name and my international appeal or whatever. Well, I, I don't. Not. I don't have to worry about my name and my international appeal. Not because they're um, uh, invulnerable, but because they've been vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I don't have to worry about that so much anymore because that chasm has already been. <laughs> you've, weathered, you've weathered that storm. <laughs> yes. You know what it's like to so, go through that. And yeah. I'm on the other side of that, and and it doesn't make sense to care. You can't be tied up in that stuff. You can't let it affect you, or, or really even take it in because it doesn't have anything to do with you. Yeah. So. What this one, what this one really taught me is that um, when I have an idea and people look and people tell me that they love it but it's too weird, 
that there's a whole family of people out there that know exactly what I'm on to. Right. And um, I should dig down and fight a little harder and represent us. Because you mentioned that film geeks love this movie. Well, I think I learned in this movie that I'm a film geek. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and talk to me like, I mean, d does this reflect, you think, your sensibilities and in, in what way as a film goer? I think it does. I think it does because um, I like movies that stimulate you and make you think but don't bring you down. Mm -hmm. You know, like, no, I don't think there's anything worse than really, because I'm a generous film goer. I really invest myself in movies. When the lights go down, you're ready to watch. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to laugh. And then that way at the theater too, I think there's nothing braver. I mean, no, actually that's true. There's a lot of other things that are braver, but I think that it's <laughs> an incredibly arts, yeah. brave thing. Mm -hmm. In terms of life, there's a lot of much braver things to do. I'm not rescuing anyone from the bottom of a volcano. What's <laughs> um, <laughs> your next movie? <laughs> I'm Reem, I'm Joe, and I'm going to be versus the volcano. Hey. <laughs> you could do three parts but like Meg Ryan, whatever you want. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, what was the question? I don't even remember now. I know, no, I we were, that's okay. Um, well, we were talking about being brave. Oh, yeah. oh being a generous audience yes, member. I want movies to succeed. I want plays to succeed. I, I, I want to root. I root for everybody that made it because I just. Everybody. I, when you watch a movie, you're just watching whether or not it. it I mean, uh, binary stuff is so boring now. Like good, bad, who cares? Right. Whatever it is, it means that. People spent time away from their families. People gave themselves. People woke up early. People ate questionable food. People drove to remote locations. Um, people worked really, really, really hard. They moved big trucks around. They built sets. They painted things. They dreamed. They stuck their, their, their necks out. And even if they failed, I just think you got to keep all that in mind. Yeah. You know, so I, I really, I want to love movies and I do love movies. And, and it's very rare to find something totally unworthy about something, you know. So if this had come around five years ago or seven or eight years ago, would, were you in a different place in terms of would you have been more risk averse, more different headspace in terms of, forget about the, the literally the age of the character or whatever, no, that no, kind no, of a no, thing. No, 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 I get you. I just think I probably would have sucked more. Like not, <laughs> yes, as an actress too, but I just mean like I'm in a place in my life now where I'm really ready to trust people and, and if I, and I'm ready to trust my instincts about that seems like a person, he can tell the story. I don't know that much about him, but I believe in him. Right. I'm ready to, to trust my own instincts. So I think that, Five or seven years ago, which I think the numbers you, 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 I think I would have leapt in and then gotten scared. Right. And I think that would have made me be a sucky person to be around. Right, right. That's not a good place to come at <laughs> trying to create something special. I think it would yeah. have come in really, really strong and then gotten cold feet <laughs> and that, that just would have been. Right. And I, and I don't think that energy would have contributed to the project because I do think that part of the reason why the movie works so well is that the people that were in it kept saying yes. Jason said yes. Yeah. You know, Tim Blake Nelson said yes. Um, so many members of the crew. They just, and even, I was so impressed. So many people told me during the process, you know, I didn't totally understand this film when it started, but I trusted that there was something there because right. of all the people involved. And um, and, I, and I just, I think the, the film has that that quality in its DNA. Totally. So um, let's go back if we could, since we have a little bit of time here, at least to, to chit chat. Um, you grew up, uh, you know, I grew up as a New Yorker. You grew up a, a Jersey girl. Where but in New York are you from again? Uh, the the uh, mean streets of the Upper West Side. <laughs> Pretty rough. Wait a minute. So did you grow up near the museum? Yeah, that was the... That, was that, that rad? That was literally the school trip. So like Museum of Natural History was across the street from my public school. And like, as you can imagine, every other week, it's like, let's go back and look at the giant dinosaurs. And it never lost its novelty. No. It was amazing. No, I mean, I you know, I... I 
it, it's got. I was walking by the 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 Central Park Zoo the other mm-hmm. day, and I saw a seal doing a handstand. <laughs> I didn't pay to go in. I was just like walking by right. it. You jump the fence. That's what Anne does. She just. <laughs> You're just blowing on my spot, man. Just, celebrity that's entrance. Not nice. um, no, I was uh, I was just walking by and I was pushing my son and the the seal did a handstand and I freaked out. <laughs> so I think I I still freak out over the dinosaurs too. Totally. So and you I mean it sounds like you know New York was where you wanted to be. Correct yeah, me if I'm very wrong, much, right? And was that based so. on your mom was obviously an actor actress? Mm-hmm. Uh, was that was that instilled from the beginning and and was part of the obsession or love with New York of like getting to theater there, getting to whatever, whatever that, what did that represent to you? What did New York represent at the time? Um, you know, I I try not to live in the regrets of my life. I wish that I'd been nicer in my mind to my town growing up because Mm -hmm. it was a really nice place to grow up. My parents, my parents did good. It just wasn't New York. Yeah. And so I feel like I was possibly a little meaner to it than I needed to be. Um, it's a lovely, Milburn, New Jersey is a lovely place. Um, so I just, I knew that everything I wanted was in an, was you know, in a existed in New York, yeah. and I lived on you know down the block from me. There was a fence, and behind the fence there were the train tracks, and I could hear the trains going to Manhattan all the time. And it's, and I and I was even aware when I was a kid. I'm like, this is really romantic. But I really did used to lie in bed and listen to the train and wish that I was on it. I walked to the top of the hill that my street was on, and I could see the lights reflecting off the city. It was it was a great motivator to to dream. You're listening to Happy, Sad, Confused. We'll be right back after this. What were you, if I met you at 15 years old, what what would I have described you as? Were you... Hyper, <laughs> probably annoying. I think sweet would have gotten in there. Okay. I think I was a, a sweet person, but I just was going at too many different speeds, you know? I yeah. didn't understand my brain. I think I was so insecure that I, I tried to cover it up by being a know-it-all. And um, But there was a, a real sweetness there, a real innocence. Um, I just think that um, where I probably was a little bit insufferable was in trying to come off as more worldly than I was. Mm-hmm. And when did you start to go by Anne versus Annie? I know like in your personal life, everybody calls you Annie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't even a, a thing. I was just, I, I, I got a, a commercial and I needed my SAG card and I made the decision to go by Anne Hathaway because it was my, my birth name. Um, and I remember like uh, years later, but not like too many years later, I was still young, I had a meeting um, oh, no, actually, it was a meeting. I can't – no, I didn't audition. It was just a meeting which for a project I didn't get with someone who was the ex-manager of an actress that I really um, admired. And she told me to change my name to Annie. And I didn't know what she was talking about. And now I wish I'd taken her advice. Really? Well, yeah, because I feel like I tell everybody to call me Annie anyway. So it just feels like the Annie It's Anna's an extra just, layer that you're yeah, de- always dealing with. <laughs> it is. It is. But When you you're know. at Starbucks, do you say Annie or Anne? Uh, Annie. Okay. I mean, to be honest, I usually make up names. <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the? Is there is there an odd one I should look out for when you're shot at Starbucks? No, no, no. I usually go with Sophia. <laughs> <laughs> it's very telling. I don't know. Your fantasy <laughs> life is Sophia. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very grounded. No, because you don't want to make it too exotic. Well, right. there's also, to be fair, the people who work at Starbucks work very, very hard. Yes. And they don't need somebody giving them an impossible to right. spell Sophia name. Sophia with a P and an F. What? <laughs> Just come on. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Do you remember the guy who was like 
on some kind of crusade to make Starbucks say Merry Christmas. And he like was like, my name is Merry Christmas. You have to write it on the cup. <laughs> I, I missed that, but that's amazing. Oh, man. I was like, oh, God, because there's nothing else going on. I'm going to try and do that with a happy, happy Hanukkah this coming season. <laughs> Wish me luck. Good luck. <laughs> it's, a, it's an uphill battle. How do you say How do you say good luck in Hebrew? I don't know that one. Oh, Tony, I am the, the, the least Jewish horowitz you've ever met. I was not bar mitzvahed. I am an affront to my was people. Was that your choice? Or? Yeah, we just we, – we, we did like, you know, we ostensibly, and we still do the Jewish holidays, but we also did, we had a Christmas tree. Like, we were one of those. But what does that have to do with not getting bar mitzvahed? Well, just meaning like the religion part of it, it was more cultural than oh, okay. than religious for us. Did you, do you have, I mean, did you wish that you got bar mitzvahed? Did you go no, to other kids' bar mitzvahs? I went to and... others. It seemed like a whole to-do I didn't want to deal with. I'm, I'm a very antisocial person you despite my job suit. in. Huh? You didn't want a new suit? A new suit at 13? Yeah. My, my little... Big boy suit? No, I was good. I'm still good. I, you know, if things turn, you know, go badly and I need some cash influx, I'll find God and I'll have a bar mitzvah at like 45 and oh. there's a revenue stream oh, right you got there. A whole plan. Yeah. Tell your parents to relax. Actually, I think you're going to be okay. You're doing just fine. Okay. Well, we'll see. Um, no, really. You, like every time I've seen you, I remember when you started and you've just gone from strength to strength. You, you must be really happy. I'm very happy. I get to talk to people that I'm, uh, you know, I'm fans of and I get to, you know, geek out for and they pay me for it, which is insane. Isn't that crazy? And sometimes people heckle me on the street. And then people I know in my professional <laughs> life come to my defense. So I've t- I mentioned this in the podcast before. Let's mention this because it's just such a weird quintessential New York story. I, this was like six months ago. I was walking and I here's the irony of it. I remember I was literally looking at the Toronto Film Festival lineup on my phone <laughs> in a daze. And I noticed like Colossal was going to be there. I was, just, I was psyched about that. And then um, – a guy just started screaming at me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and and you as, weren't even particularly in his way. No. And then <laughs> out of the corner of my eye, I see, I see Anne, <laughs> Annie, <laughs> uh, with her her child and her husband, and I'm just like mortified and confused by the whole situation. And you were, uh, I think you were confused too. But it was it was just one of those moments. You know, I just I remember you were. I I don't know. Did you feel? I, I, <laughs> I just feel like when stuff like that happens to me, my it's like my cells freak out and they run all in different directions. Yeah, you just get like, like a hot flash yes. and like everything. Yeah. Exactly. I have a British friend who calls it funny bum feeling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my bum felt very funny at the time. <laughs> and, you know, and I was actually happy I was there because I feel like in those moments, if it just happens to you, you're like, guess what happened to me today? Yeah, you need and nobody, a witness. Yeah, exactly. I was happy to be your witness. Thank you. I felt like we righted each other's ships. <laughs> you did. And then we managed to send some compassion and love to that man's way because he was not, not because no matter way. what happened, no, no matter how well. he made us feel and how many directions our, our electrons were freaking out in, we were still having a better day than him. This is true. This is true. Good. You're so compassionate. I'm so I selfish. I'm like thinking about myself. And you're right. He had a, a shittier life than me probably and still does. So well, wishing you love, that, but I can crazy say man. I think his day was probably... <laughs> Okay, so let's talk. Uh, okay, moving through the amazing filmography, uh, we can't uh, ignore, of course, Princess Diaries, which changed Aww. the course of your career and life. I'm sure certainly did. Did did success at that time feel like what you had been dreaming of in in Jersey as a kid? Like, oh my God, I'm in this huge Disney movie. It's you know, Julie Andrews. It's crazy. Was it? Did it? Did it live up to the expectations? You know, the success did, and. I was still myself, and that was confusing for a long time. Right. You were expecting the change. Yeah. You know, like, it's the same way some – I mean, I've I've gotten over it now, but when I was younger and and you just – I hate to say this, but you just hate everything about yourself. Um, You're so uncomfortable in your own skin. You don't have a kind word for yourself. 
Um, and then you have these people who are the best at what they do and their profession is to make your hair look amazing and make your face look amazing <laughs> and put you in the greatest clothes that money can buy or be lent or whatever. And you look in the mirror and it's just you. Right. And I and it, it, my heart would sink every time because I wouldn't be those other women that I wanted to be. I wouldn't have transformed. I would just be me. And I know that's like such a poor little rich girl thing to say. It's it's not that big a deal. But um, well, it's an important lesson to learn, though, what, at whatever point in your life that whatever success you got to fix you. You got to work on you, not you the rest yeah. of it. Yeah, you got to stop saying mean things to yourself in your own head. You got to learn to love yourself and not want to, and not and not want to transform. Just want to grow, you know. And yeah. that and that did take me a long time. And I feel like I was harder on myself than I would have been if I hadn't have been successful because I just wanted myself to understand it already. Yeah. Because I felt like, look at all these good things that have happened to you. Why are you Why are you so behind on all this stuff? What's sure. wrong with you? And I mean, and I hesitate to bring this up because we've talked about it. And I know you've talked about it with many people, and I feel, and I feel like it's almost like just piling on at this point to talk about <laughs> the kind of like the the love hate weird thing that came with your name, especially in the wake of like this great professional moment for you. This mm -hmm. kind of like whatever it was, oversaturation point, whatever we want to call it. But what, what what's curious to me, and I'm sure I would think you've observed this too, is. It's not unique to you, sadly, what you kind of went through. No, I feel like, not. and I think, and I think it's. And, and scarily, it seems tied to gender often too. Like mm. I've seen. Thank you for acknowledging that. Well, I have because like even from my vantage point, I've seen like people I've talked to, like like Jennifer Lawrence and uh, and Kristen Stewart. I've seen that happen where like the world decides they love you and they anoint you, and then they there's a compulsion to tear you down. And I don't I don't have the answer for what that's about, but mm -hmm. it sounds like you've you for whatever reason you know you went through that and you probably had to take some time to kind of like reconcile what that all meant. I mean, have you come out, do you feel like you've come out on the other side of it where like you've, you know how to avoid that kind of roller coaster for the next time or you just know how to deal with it better? I don't, I don't think there's any avoiding it because I don't think it has anything to do with me. Right. You know, I think that people and, and what happened to me and what happens to other, thank you for saying women, because I do think that it is a, a, a gendered thing. Um, it doesn't have that much to do with us. It's yeah. about and if and if you're saying something mean about someone, you're saying something mean about someone. Yeah, that's kind of the beginning and the end of it, right? Yeah, and I guess it's it's also just one of those things where it, it, the, the the scary thing for me is like you can be very mature about it and sort of like intellectualize it, but it's such an emotional thing that it's probably hard at any age to kind of. I mean, hopefully we get better at it and kind of like just um, wiping it away, but. But I don't think you have to wipe it away. Yeah. You know, I think that because I, because I think the thing is, I think if you can surrender to it, any anything that happens to you, an illness, um, we're all going to be given things that we don't want, that are uncomfortable, lessons we would not have chosen right. that find us anyway. And for me, um, the game changer was not, was surrendering to it. And not thinking I, you can be, control this, you can. And I'm not even just talking about this. I'm talking about my relationships with other people, stuff from my childhood, right. you know. Um, and and also just really acknowledging, I treated myself so badly for so many years. Why on earth would I expect anyone else to do any differently? Right. You know. So it was also about owning it that I had. And and you know, this is a super woo woo thing to say, but if you believe in karma, I'd made my own bed. Right. I'd made my own bed. I gave everybody permission to say bad things about me because I said them about me first. And so the quickest way to make it through to the other side of that was to say, thank you for making me actually feel what I was doing all those years. Yeah. 
I'm not going to do it anymore, and I don't do it anymore. And so now whatever comes at me, I know has nothing to do with me. And has uh, having had a child who's recently celebrated his first birthday, congratulations. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, that there's, you know, talking to, I'm not a parent myself, but I know, like, the impulse to, like, you know, if you're going to take care of someone else in this world, like, I better ha- get my shit together and really, like, be in a position where I, I'm a little less selfish, a little bit more just ready to kind of take care of someone else. Did did that kind of contribute to sort of just getting your your act together, your brain together? Do you feel like you, before you had that child, that it, it felt like you needed to kind of make some changes in your own life? I mean, talk about surrendering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know. I don't know that it was a conscious thing like that. Um, that's very, that's very neat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good narrative. I, I it's, constructed. <laughs> it's very neat that you can like it's the how-to guide. Yeah, yep. now yeah, I will right. have a baby. Um, I'm fixed. Now time to breed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and by the way, when are you going to have a kid? Uh, one of these days. One of these days. One of these days. You mom, sound like my mom. Stop, yeah, stop, stop. Man, come on. Um, look, anyway, he. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like. I see the, I feel differently about the world after having a baby. I see people differently. Um, like that guy on the street. <laughs> I didn't see anything other than someone who needed who who was in need. Yeah. And um I'm caring along with my husband right now, I'm caring for someone who needs. And I just look around and when I see people being angry or even when I see people being awful, you know, I, I don't say, oh, they're a bad person. It's bad to that binary thing. There's just, there's a place beyond it. I feel like now that I, I've I've held a child in my body and now I hold a child in my arms, um, I don't think about it like that. And I'm just not interested in cutting anyone down anymore. Yeah. And uh and, and I and I do think that he's responsible for it because anyone could be him and he could be anyone. Uh, let's get back to some superficial career talk. Yes, Because I'm just as interested in that stuff, too. Um, Can I tell you, Peter Travers made me cry this morning. What? You sang for him, I hope. He, he, made, he me... made me sing, too. And it was really early, and I was really Wait. tired, and, like, I was a baritone. Um, we just – things got deep, man. Things got deep with Peter Travers. So, no, so please let's go back to something okay, okay. Superficial. something superficial later. I feel like I'm dragging the whole no, – like, no, anybody no, no, that's no. following this right now, I was like, Jesus, tell a joke. <laughs> well, not, not to say Brokeback Mountain is the lightest fare on the planet. <laughs> that's your, your segue film? <laughs> no, well, I'm just going to say I want to hit upon some of my favorites. Okay, and and okay. Rachel getting married, of course, is in there too. That, also not necessarily the lightest thing. gut buster. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. But are those two that you would count as kind of like cornerstone, like oh, trans? Yeah. Formative experiences, Angley oh, and Jonathan Demme, obviously. Yeah, yeah, you know, two amazing directors who uh, saw something in me that I didn't, that I hoped was there, but didn't know for sure. Yeah, you know, and um, and, and, co- and just sorry, and yeah, just please. and they're two men of such um, such dignity and such um, such purity. Uh, in terms of their their artistry, and honestly, in terms of their life, I know Jonathan a lot better than I I know Ang, but I love Ang so much, and to just be around them and to see how effortlessly they were committed to being themselves, it had a huge impact on me. Being part of something like, and I remember I talked to you a bunch before, during and after Dark Knight Rises, which um, you know I know in a much different kind of a filmmaker, I would say, than those guys, no less talented, and certainly the kind of filmmaker that can steer that big a ship with as much 
humanity and and, and, and intimacy. Yeah, yeah. Those, those, I mean, it's the characters that make those films work. Those mm-hmm. giant scale films. And if anything, we've seen, frankly, you know, I'll say it because I can, but like the DC movies that have come in its wake, we're more appreciative than ever of Christopher Nolan. That's a tough thing to to do. Um, did that experience? Because also, that's. That's a hell of an intimidating experience. I mean, you know you're in good hands with Nolan, but like that character is so iconic and had been done so well by several women. Um, did, was that kind of a, a harrowing experience? Did it feel like you had knew that that character from the day one or what? I, I can't say it was harrowing. Mm-hmm. It was so deeply satisfying to have so much asked of you and to be given the tools and the support that to, to, to do it, you know? So they say, Chris is like, I want you to do this fight scene and here are people who can get you strong enough to do that and right. teach you how to fight. And, um, you know, and, and it, so I treated the role with a, a great deal. I took it very seriously. Yeah. And um, I just felt so happy to, to be there, you know? I, I, I'm sure a lot of people dreamed of being Catwoman when they were little, you know, little and, and saw the other performances out there. I know that, you know, I saw Michelle Pfeiffer and I just wanted that to be me. Sure. And then, of course, that wasn't me, but I got to do, put my stamp on it. I, I still can't believe that happened of, you know, because we don't, we don't get enough. Women don't get enough of those kind. There aren't enough out there for us. So, right. you know. When the opportunity comes. When the opportunity comes, when you get the call, oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, of course, the goal is to, to get more opportunities out there for more people. Did they, did they ever dangle any kind of um, situation where you'd get to do the, the role again? I mean, he was very clear on that he wanted it to be a trilogy. Was there ever any hope that you would get to reprise that character again? I don't know. I don't know how serious it was. You know, there was there was a feeling like, wouldn't that be great? But I don't know that it ever formalized in any sort of way. Like I know that um, Margot Robbie is gonna is going to play Harley Quinn right, again, and right. and I think that she was very proactive in making that happen to herself uh, for herself. Um, I don't uh, I don't know that that I was ever at that level that it was ever that real. Got it. Um, and then uh, Les Mis, which was uh, obviously such an astonishing film and performance, and uh, clearly it was emotional and important for you on a number of levels. Your mom, I know, played that role. Yeah. Um, and uh, and you you. Was that the first like full-on musical you had done for film? Is that possible? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd sung a little bit yeah. in um, Ellen Chanted. Ellen sure, for sure. Uh, but that was the first time. I mean, it's it's kind of one of the first full-on sung through musicals there'd been in True. a long time. But you'd, you'd been up from what I gather for things like Sweeney Todd and Nine. Like, I'm sure you I were... wasn't up for Sweeney Todd. Okay. I was up for Nine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not, not to bring up... I mean, look, no, it worked out well. let's talk about well. that I didn't No, I didn't hey, you got, you got the right one. <laughs> clearly, clearly. Um... Is that is that a bucket list kind of thing to do a musical on Broadway? Oh, I would love that so much. Wouldn't that be so wonderful if that happened? And I don't mean to be like tooting my own horn. This could sound obnoxious, but people keep asking me when I'm going to do it, yeah. and I'm just like, Wait, the interest I, is there. We want I would it. love to do it. I, it just doesn't seem to be it's happening. Not, okay. I don't. I don't. I would. Maybe if we talk about it enough, we'll secret it into the universe. Maybe that would be great. But I think I think I have to get more specific about what I what I want yeah. from it because. Um, truly, I, I think about it. People say, "Well, what do you want to do?" And I can't. I can't. All the parts that I can think of, they're they're just. I'm not the right age for them yet. Right. You know. So surely there has to be something before them. But in musical theater, you know, so many of uh, the the parts, the great parts, and the classic, most 
you know, beautiful, beautiful shows, so many of them are the dude parts. Yeah. So unless I want to do a gender swap production of Carousel. <laughs> well, let's, Which uh, would be amazing. It would be amazing. <laughs> hey, in our waning moments, I do want to mention, speaking of gender swapping and female-driven films, Ocean's 8, which we're all very excited about. Thank you. I don't know why it's, it's going to, it's not like for like another year and a half or something. I Come know. on, just push up this release date, guys. Come on. I feel the same way. I've made all these points, but uh, I apparently <laughs> You're uh, adding CGI? What's going on? Well, fair enough. But already there's so much interest. I, I know there was a lot of, uh, from the photo of you wielding a knife on the subway became like instantly iconic <laughs> Tumblr material. I know. Well, did that catch you off guard? I feel like you. I feel like you summed up the mood of the year in well, that photo. Yeah. So when people like started to text me, they're like, "Oh my god, you with the knife," and I was like, "Oh right, right, right." We were joking around with that thing on 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 the subway. So, uh, and then I saw the photo, and everything about the picture is insane. Oh, like yeah. just the expression I'm making, the way the sunglasses are slightly crooked, totally. my hair being a little bigger than normal. That I'm. In, I mean, it just all of it just kind of summed up the. Um, <laughs> Uh, this is nuts and I'm holding a weapon. How did that happen? <laughs> Vibe of 2016. Does that sum up your character at all or is it just a weird off I can't say a, I can't say a word about her. thought I lulled you into a false sense of security for a moment. Sorry. That's okay. We'll talk about that next time. Uh, no, not next time because hopefully you'll have more films between then and now because that's too long to. ago. No, that's it. You have no, a little no, no, break? No, it's, it's, this is – nothing's going to come out between <sighs> now and then I get to – I'm going to go off and make some so that way uh, – Okay, good. So that way – Stuff to talk about. Excellent. Um, it's always good to see you. I, I know we didn't talk specifics of like plot and, uh, of this film, and that was kind of purposeful. I think it was a good thing. I yeah. appreciate that. Um, it, but suffice it to say, if you, you love film, you love films that take risks, that uh, have comedy and drama, and yeah, a little sci-fi in there too. Um, Colossal is is your best bet right now. It's a great piece of work, and you, you deliver as always. As does Jason Sudeikis. Um, it's good to see you, Anne. Thank Annie, you. Miss Hathaway. Let's 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 do Annie from now okay. on, please. Okay. Good to see you, Annie. Mr. Horowitz. Yeah, you can do that. Sure. Okay. Whatever cool. you want. <laughs> Uh, thanks. Thank you. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. <laughs>